Hey, this is Dana Miette, and you're listening to the Teen Life Survival Guide Podcast. If you want the real long version of what this podcast is about, go on over to the first episodes, but I'm going to keep this short and sweet now that we got a couple episodes under our belt. This podcast is made for teens, but it's really welcome to anyone who wants to learn more about their faith as we tackle the tough topics about life. If you have any topic requests, please email me at teenlifesurvivalguide at gmail.com. Any Bible will do, but if you want to follow along what Bible I will be reading out of, it will always be the New American Standard Bible. May God bless you, and I cannot wait to start this journey with you. What's up, guys? I hope you're doing great. Today's topics are jealousy and envy and comparison. And as always, we're going to start with a prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for another amazing opportunity, Lord. You woke us up this morning, and you gave us life, Lord. We just thank you for another day. We thank you for a chance that we can come together, God, and learn of your goodness, Lord. All the suffering, all the bad in the world doesn't stem from you, Lord. It stems from the fall. It stems from sin. It stems from those roots that get under us and steal our joy. Lord, today as we learn about comparison and envy and jealousy, and we we learn through your word today, God, we just remember that if we want true joy, if we want true peace, and if we want that emotion of happiness, that Lord, we have to de-root that sin and focus on what you teach and what you tell us to do and what you tell us is right and to avoid those things and instead focus on the good, Lord. And we pray that we get that wisdom from your teaching today. We pray that we have a good, blessed week and we'll just give all glory to you. Amen. All right, so this one... um, um, I'm doing this thing. I'm trying to really get more into scripture. And so I have my little son. Um, he stays up at night a little later. He likes to sleep on me a little bit. And so I have what I call kind of free time. My daughter's sleeping and he's laying on me. But I can't read a book or anything. It wakes him up. If I'm on my phone, it wakes him up. But I can watch TV. So what I started to do was I started to YouTube um, scripture. And I'm one of those people. I'm very OCD. I'm very meticulous. I like to have a notebook and I like to write things down. And God's just been speaking to me just literally listen to scripture. Um, and I got so much out of Joshua, the book of Joshua by doing that. Um, and I just went through the book of Matthew. So that's just a little thing. I wanted to explain a story, but also some encouragement for you. Um, it's really a good way to get rooted in scripture. Um, but it did inspire this lesson as well. So when I was reading, I stumbled upon Matthew 20 and it just reminded me of, you know, a sin that often gets rooted that we forget about. Remember we talked about the enemy comes to seek, kill and destroy, and he's going to do anything thing he can. Um, and I was listening to someone preach the other day and they were talking about how a lot of times our sins start off so small and we don't even realize it and it elevates to something big. You'll notice in the Bible, like when jo- Joseph's brothers, you know, got to the point they wanted to kill them. It started with that little root of jealousy and it just escalated to this big problem. And that's what happens when we don't de-root that sin. When we let that sin go and go and go, it turns into bigger sin. And before we know it, something we didn't expect we'd be doing we're out there doing or we're putting ourselves in that predicament um and so when I read this it kind of ro- reminded me of um a sin that's often found a lot in, in high school and one that takes away a lot of joy and I notice even in my life you know a lot of times I do these two things and it completely steals our joy um and it's not from God like we talked about before God made everything good there was no death there was no nakedness God made everything good and then when the fall happened when people sinned 
and that let that evil into the world and gave us that knowledge and then gave us all these roots and things from the devil and all those things do is steal our joy our happiness um and and god teaches about how to avoid these things and he teaches what not to do um in this one i just thought was a perfect lesson on that um and so matthew 20 it's one of jesus's parables um it's labors in a vineyard and i'm gonna read it and i'm gonna go through two different views of it um i'm reading from the nasb today because i got it on my phone today so that's the one we're going with um but again matthew chapter 20 for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out in the morning to hire laborers for the his vineyard when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius for the day he sent them into his vineyard and he went about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and to those he said you go into the vineyard also and whatever is right i will give you and so they went again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did the same thing and about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing around and he said to them why have you been standing here idle all day long they said to him because no one hired us he said to them you go into the vineyard too now when evening came the landowner of the vineyard said to the foreman called the laborers and paid them their wages starting with the last group first when those hired about the eleventh hour came each one received the denarii and so when those hired first came they thought they would receive more but each of them also received the denarii when they received it they grumbled at the landowner saying those who were hired last only worked for one hour and you've made them equal to us who've been born the burden of the day's work in the scorching heat but he answered and said to them friend i am doing you no wrong did you not agree with me for a denarius take what is yours and go but i want to give to the last person the same to you it is not lawful me to do what i want to do with my own money or it in sorry let me repeat that one verse 14 take what is yours and go but i want to give to the last person the same as to you is it not lawful for me to do what i want with what is my own or is your eye envious because i am generous so the last shall be first and the first shall be last and i am stopping there so it's actually not all of matthew 20 that's to verse 16 there's many many teachings um in each gospel reading but i want to focus on that um and so a lot of times in our life that sin of comparison jealousy and envy takes root in us and it steals our joy and it takes away from what god gives us as our responsibility so what jesus is trying to teach in this passage and there's multiple things but what jesus is trying to teach us he didn't we we consider things in life what's fair and what's not fair but he ultimately gets to decide he kept his word and the landover gave exactly what they he promised he would he did exactly what he promised but instead of them being content with which they agreed upon and if them other workers weren't there and they just got that Daenerys they would have been content but because their eyes were focused on someone else and because their eyes were focused on that jealousy and hatred that you know well that's not fair and life's not fair it stole that joy it stole that peace and it made them bitter it made them not acting like a good person and we all have those moments but a lot of times this happens to us too we often get jealous or envious of other people and most of the time from a worldly view we have every right to um from our worldly view we can justify why it's not fair if you look at this story i can justify they were in the heat all day they work all day long of course if you work all day long and someone comes in for an hour and they get the same pay as you i can see from a worldly view how you would be upset how you would be angry about that how you would be mad at the landowner and that's what happens all the time in life guys is we have this worldly view and we worry about worldly things and don't get me wrong you need money you need 
food, you need those things. But a lot of times we let that comparison, which is not of God, that envy and that jealousy just completely steal our joy and steal our peace. And it changes nothing. They still got paid that same amount. You did not change that landowner's mind. You compared yourself to them and then you were jealous because you felt it wasn't fair. You didn't get, you know, what they got. And we do that all the time. Um, To the teens that I'm talking to, you know, we compare ourselves all the time. Well, why did they get playing time in sports and I didn't? Or, you know, I studied my butt off on this project and, you know, they did no work and they got the same grade as I did or whatever it may be. Or, you know, like I'm a really good person, but no one loves me. But these people make all the wrong choices and their life is great. And we compare ourselves to others and we get jealous and we get envious. Um, And all that does is steal our joy. It's not that we can't do it, but all it does is steal our joy. It does not give us anything. It does not help us gain anything. And if for some reason it did help you gain something, it's rooted in sin and it's not going to further along help you. Okay. And I'm not trying to say you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. We all do this. What I'm trying to point out is that we get so into what the world thinks is acceptable and what the world thinks is fair that we make worldly things more priority than what God says um, and what God would want. God would want us to be happy for the other person. God would want us to love them and God would want, and we'll look at that other perspective in a minute, but God would want us to not focus on them and focus on us. We got what we need. We got what we were promised and what we need to survive. We don't need to focus on them. All that does is steal our joy. It pins us against that person and it makes us want to do evil thoughts to them or hatred towards them. And it steals that love and joy. Um, And that's what God is trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us to not compare um, and to not worry about what we think is fair and not fair and focus on him. Our God, our job for other people, which you can read time and time in the Bible, is to love them. That's what we're supposed to be. We're not to judge them. Okay. Um, We are to love them. And that is all you need to focus about. And it will give you so much more peace if you can let go. And like I said, I'm bad at that too. Um, Working at the church now, you know, like I don't mean to, but I'm a very competitive person. So like, if I feel like I need to do something and I'm not doing as good as maybe someone else would do, you know, I start comparing or I do it a lot with, you know, certain people that I think are good Christians. I'm like, man, maybe I should start being like this because they're so good. But then it reminds me, I'm comparing myself to another person, but God made me different. God made me unique. So yeah, that works for them, but God also needs a me. Um, Of course, we should reflect and grow in the ways that are sinful. But as far as our personality and who we are, we shouldn't compare ourselves to other and then try to be like them. We should try to be who Christ is telling us to be. That's so very important to not compare. And most of the times we compare to this fake world, what social media says. I can't tell you how many times when I was suffering with high anxiety, high depression, um, and I wasn't trying to be fake, but I had high anxiety, high depression, and I'm posting on my social media all these cute and happy pictures and all these funny and positive things because in those moments when I posted, it was cute and happy times. But then 20 minutes later, I was fighting all these thoughts from the enemies and all these depression. And so if you just look at my social media, you would think my life's perfect, but that's not the case. And we compare to this false reality. And then we think God's not giving us what we need and God's not giving us love and it's not fair and all these things and it's false truths. And that's why instead of focusing on who else is in that vineyard and who else is getting what you should get and what's fair and what's not fair, we turn that off and we focus on God and focus on our prayer life and focus on his words of telling him we love him and staying faithful to his promises. And we're going to have that peace and joy that gets taken away with comparison and envy. I've been off my phone a lot more. I'm still struggling, but I've been uh, off my phone a lot more 
I completely got rid of all social media except I do post a TikTok. I don't watch TikTok, but I post a TikTok just to preach the word, kind of like I do in this podcast. Um, But I'm completely off social media and I try not to check my phone and I'm starting to throw a lot of stuff away because what I started to realize is I made those things my identity. I have so many clothes, you know, like so many sports shirts because I made it my identity. I'm comparing myself to others. Oh, if I'm going to Saints game, I have to wear all Saints or I have to do this and I'm stressed. And I'm worried about all these worldly clothes and shoes and oh, I need heels for this wedding and I need that and oh, I need this cute picture for Facebook. And I just noticed that when I got rid of all that, it wasn't easy and it's still hard, especially when people blow up my phone and text me and I love my friends and I have some far away. So it's hard to give up, you know, that control. But man, the peace from letting it go and just using that time in prayer and just to breathe has been wonderful. And it's helped me not compare myself to others, helped me not be jealous or envious of situations because I haven't seen them. I've been so focused on the present moment, playing with my kids or praying or doing what I, you know, can for the Lord through these podcasts and stuff that it's completely got rid of that comparison and it's been wonderful. Um, not saying you have to, just letting you know. The other thing I like to do with this Matthew 20 verses 1 through 16 is I like to give the spin on, you know, the part we miss. We, the main thing is, you know, the part I just went over, which is the comp- comparison. He's trying to teach you to not have comparison and envy. But what I want to point out is obviously the landowner, they're talking about God. I mean, it says for a kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. And so he's talking about God and the kingdom of heaven. And if you reread it and you think about it from man, the love of the landowner, the perfect, sweet, compassionate person. And you you start to hear the love story that the Bible is because the Bible is a love. And so that's what I want to point out. You got this landowner um, with this vineyard. He goes get workers and he's good he has workers and he has money um but he goes out again and he picks those workers up too and you're thinking okay well maybe he just needed more workers but you know there's always tomorrow he goes out again and goes out again and then he asks the last crew why you've been standing here um i guess you know to see if they're lazy and when they say because no one's hired us he gets them too and what i want to point out is how loving of a father that is because think about it and i know i go through this too sometimes we're left alone sometimes we're abandoned sometimes we're rejected it, you know, by friends, by family, you know, worldly things. I have a friend, like I said, in my life who just completely rejected me. It was, you know, part of my fault, but it still doesn't, or it was my fault, but it still doesn't make it better. Um, when you apologize and things just don't work out, you feel rejected, you feel lonely. And these people in this vineyard were the same way. Either they were rejected, you know, maybe they weren't good workers or maybe no one chose them. You know, I think about, you know, at school all the time, like gym class, oh, no one chose me or like the people who get bullied or just you know left out you know no one chooses me they're alone and he's using a story and guess what this guy does he comes back and he chooses everyone and that's what God does and it's just this loving story of this landowner this compassionate landowner he kept going back and he didn't leave anyone out he helped everyone um in their time period you know obviously if they don't work they don't eat and you know people would just die of starvation poor people um so he made sure that everyone was able to work and then we know no matter if they were the last hour or the first hour he gave them the same salary um and obviously he didn't have to do that it would have been fair like the person said if he gave them less it would have been fair but he shows the compassion knowing that it wasn't their fault that they weren't picked first it wasn't their fault that they feel broken they feel rejected they were hurt um wasn't their fault so he went back and he gave them the same amount he took care of them in the same way and that's what our God does when we're rejected by people and we're broken and we're left out our loving father does the same 
same thing. And not only that, and this is the part where jealousy and comparison comes. Um, he also lets sinners who have lost their way back in at any time. It doesn't matter if you follow him in the first hour or in the 11th hour. And some people think that's not fair. You know, I think all the time I try to really live a holy life and um, there's going to be people, you know, I've been trying my whole life to live holy. I got really into it more in high school and there's people who's probably been doing it longer than me. And I know there's, you know, it's not a comparison thing, but there's people who really live this devout holy life to Jesus, right? And we're going to go to heaven. But then there's also going to be that person in that 11th hour who was a murderer, who was a drug addict. And guys, sin is sin. I'm not saying my sin's not bad too. I'm just naming titles that people would think about, you know, who really did these bad things. And then they realize what they did. They humble themselves. They're truly sorry, because God knows if you're faking it. They're truly sorry in their heart. They realize, oh my goodness, I made this mistake. I can't even believe I did it. They were ignorant to it, or they were so rooted in sin, they didn't realize. And they're going to be forgiven in that 11th hour at age 92, when they were never did anything right their whole life. But in age 92, they figured out that they were a sinner, and they get right with God. And guess what? They go to heaven too. And a lot of people would say, that's not fair. But when you focus on that comp comparison, that is that hate. And it's hard because it's worldly what we're taught. That's not fair. But I say, wow, that is love. And what I mean by that is, look how good God is. That God is saying that he knew you from you before you were born. He died for you. He knows sin's going to twist our minds and make us ignorant to things. It made me ignorant when I messed up in my different situations. Guys, I wasn't doing it on purpose. I was rooted in pride. I was rooted in no self-worth. And the devil picked at me for years. He knows where to attack. And so he attacked in that place and he got me. And that's what he's doing to these people. You know, people who murder and all these things. It starts small and then it just gets worse. But there are going to be people who realize what they did wrong. We all do. And that's what God died for. He died for all of us. And we could be mad about that and say, how can you forgive that person? But that's not what God calls us to do. And I just love that he shows in this passage that loving Lanover is just like our loving God. No matter what you've done in your life, if you're truly sorry for what you've done, he will forgive you. He will accept you and he will bring you in. He won't exclude you just like that 11th hour in this past. And that just makes me feel so joyous. And I could look at it this. Oh, well, that's not fair. But that's not how I see it because that's not what God calls us to do. God calls us to find those people and help those people because his goodness is so good. And I just am so thankful. I bring it back to me in the log in my own eye, knowing that I was a sinner. I messed up and God never let me down. And even when I fail and even when I'm ashamed of what I'm doing, when I let him in my shame, guys, it is the biggest love. It's so hard to let God into your parts that you're embarrassed about. And it's ridiculous because he knows anyway. But when you say, God, I am ashamed of this and God, this hurt. And you talk to him in that way and you pour yourself out there on your knees in tears. You feel this peace, this comfort, this joy that is unimaginable. Um, And that's what we need to focus on. We don't need to focus on what the other person got that we didn't get or that we've been faithful our whole life and this murderer is going to get in because you've been a murderer in a way, maybe a murderer through your words, maybe, a, you know, through your actions, through different things not a physical murderer, but we do think, um, I murdered a friendship on accident. <laughs> uh, you know, 
I completely destroyed it through my action, through my pride. Um, we all have our things and God says not to compare sins and not to measure sins, just to love. So I hope this reminds you that when we want to compare, when we want to get envious, to stop and instead love and to remember that whatever you've done in your life, if you give it to God and you let him in, in this moment, he's going to be that, like that landowner. He's going to accept you. He's going to take care of you and he's going to love you and he's going to show you that compassion. He went back for a reason the landowner and God keeps coming back to us over and over and maybe it was through this podcast or maybe you're just one of those people like I was who just needs to hear the first part about the comparison and the envy and how it steals our joy and it pins us against each other against all these false fake truths when all we really have to do is focus on God's faithfulness that he provides for us and that for those people who are sinning that we pray for them that they hope they find their way and that we choose love we choose to be happy for those who are maybe outcast you know even if we think they got it all together like they were mad at the people in the story maybe those people needed that money to survive like I said and you know a lot of times we get jealous and envious people get jealous and envious of me and there's so many struggles I have in my life I just don't publicize them um and so you know except on this podcast I guess but the point is we compare to this false truth and we really don't know and we're giving all this hate and those people are struggling too so I hope this just reminds you um that those things steal our peace I hope these podcasts are making you more joyful you know happiness is an emotion but that joy and peace comes from God and when we let those roots of sins go and we let those hatreds go and those false truths and those worldly ideas and we just realize God is good and he's helping us it don't matter what he's doing for others he's helping us and when we need him like they needed him at that last hour he will be there for us too but we don't need to worry about that we just need to focus on his goodness his truth his promises just like that landowner he kept his promise and he provided what they need that's what God does to us that's what we should focus on not the envy but the love and the faithfulness i hope that encouraged you god bless have a good day